Greetings and welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneur Podcast. I am your host, Pete Lorimer, former hit record producer and now host of the show Stay Here on Netflix and owner of LA's most creative boutique real estate firm, PLG Estates. On the podcast, you will always find business and real estate strategies, marketing techniques, and tips for the entrepreneur. So absolutely smash the subscribe button to bits, would you? And naturally, please feel free to share this content with someone else that might get value from it. Okay. podcast this week, I switch gears and actually turn the mic on a guest for once. And my first guest is, well, shall we say formidable. His name is Bob Lacido, and he is the number one Keller Williams agent in the entire world, along with his team of over 200 in several locations. Bob seems to have mastered the ability to scale, which has allowed him to be recognized by the Wall Street Journal as the number one real estate team in the country. I managed to grab a little time with Bob so I could find out some of his secret sauce, and I am delighted that I can share said sauce with all of you on this week's episode of the Real Estate Entrepreneur Podcast. Okay, greetings. Welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneur Podcast. I have an incredibly special real estate entrepreneur. Now, there's a lot of folks out in the real estate industry that... uh, proclaimed to be real estate entrepreneurs. This gentleman is absolutely that from zero to a team of 150, Bob? Uh, Nationwide, about 175. 175. So there is an awful lot we can learn from Bob and uh, and his experience. I thought it was impressive that I was the number one Keller Williams agent in Los Angeles, but Bob and his team have blown me away by being the number one Keller Williams team on the planet. So I want to give you a big Real Estate Entrepreneur podcast. Welcome, Mr. Bob Lacido. Thank you, Peter. I'm honored to be here and uh, I get way too much credit. I have an awesome team. My wife is my co-founder and partner, does an awesome job. And I have uh, several other outstanding senior management team members and an awesome team. So when they mention me, they're really mentioning the team. So uh, I can't take too much credit. Well, I relate to you more than you know, because my wife is my business partner and we own the brokerage together and everything we do, we do as a team. The phrase I love to use is dinner always tastes better with friends. There's no point taking all the credit. If we share the credit, everybody just feels yummy and squishy inside. So your success, Bob and and, and team, precedes you. What I would like to potentially start with is when you were getting into the business, first of all, how did you get into it and how did you get over the initial series of failures that I imagine you had? Well, first off, I got in the business when I was 18 years old. I'm 61 years old and I almost wasn't here. I was selling new homes, $4 an hour, $100 a house. And I had some wonderful entrepreneurs that guided me and helped me when I first got in the business, but I didn't really have any coaching or direction. So first key, I suggest people partner with people that will guide them, be great coaches, and be able to support them in their business. 
I interviewed with Xerox and the day I got interviewed, I had 13 interviews with Xerox. The day I was offered a job with Xerox to sell copiers, I was offered a big new home community to sell new homes. Luckily, I went into real estate and not selling copiers. You were 18. You were 18 when you got your license, right? Yes. And then when I was 22 years old, I was going to get out of real estate. And I started interviewing with Xerox Corporation. Over nine months, I had 13 interviews. And the day they finally gave me the, offered me the job, I was offered a big townhouse community to sell by a very wealthy Jewish man that became like a second father to me. And it changed my life. So having the right people in your life, having coaches and support mechanisms is incredibly important. That's why I have a lot of new recruits on our team. I want to give them hope and guidance because I didn't have that. I've really self-trained books, tapes. And today we have so much through Keller Williams. People today have a better roadmap and a better opportunity than I ever had. So I'm I'm already sensing a theme that as we started, I don't know if, if it was on the podcast or not, I can't remember, but there was a phrase that I mentioned, which is dinner tastes better with friends, which is a philosophy that I've always subscribed to myself. And for me, any of us are only as good as the team or the links in the chain that surround us. So one of my questions would be, and I think I already know the answer, what's the number one thing you would contribute to your success? Well, I would say um, my ability to surround myself with incredible people, to pick those people and to retain them, motivate them, coach them, and create an environment where great people will hopefully never want to leave. If you think you're doing all this yourself, then you're, you're thinking incorrectly. You're a team leader. Look at Tom Brady of the Patriots or any other great athlete. He's nothing without the front line in front of him or great receivers. I know I'm nothing without my team and the people that support me. And you can be a one-man show and do a certain amount of things, but until you use leverage and bring in other people, one, the journey is more fun. Two, you'll be more successful. Three, you build up a more secure platform for your business. And five, four, I'm just a big team player and believe that the best way to be successful in this business, I think, is create your own incredible team or join an incredibly awesome team. That's a really interesting point that you just mentioned, because you're a broker, I'm a broker. When when somebody sits in front of you and they don't necessarily have an awful lot of experience or they have zero in experience, what are the qualities that you look for in a new agent that you believe they've got it, they're going to succeed? I just had a roundtable with some of my uh, team members, partners today. We were brainstorming on the market and so forth. I do that once a week. I like to be on the front line. And there's five things that I look for when I'm partnering with anybody, bringing them into my team, into my world, is that this, these are the things I look for. And they've never changed in the last 35 years. Number one is integrity. Warren Buffett says if they don't have that, the interview's over. <laughs> I don't care how much they bring to the bottom line. I don't want to be in business with a crook yep. or somebody that I can't trust. Number two, they got to be a team player. We've let go of some top people over the years who had great production, but we didn't think uh, if they're not a team player, that's a cancer to any organization. I remember in high school real quickly, all these players came from all over the County and our school was, our team was supposed to be, I was a freshman at the time. The varsity was supposed to be this most amazing varsity team because all the people came from all over. We had an average year that year because everybody was looking for themselves. They wanted to boost their stats. They were all gunners and would gun the ball. They weren't team players and would pass off. So sharing and working for the betterment of the team elevates everybody. So integrity is number one. 
Team player is number two. Number three is coachable. I do a lot of coaching myself, but I also receive a lot of coaching and I'm still learning and growing. So if somebody says, look, I don't need to go anything. I know enough. That's not the kind of environment we want, we want to be around. And number four, they have to have a servant's heart. I might wear a nice suit, but I'm really just a servant. The best servants I know are Rich Carlton, Lexus, Nordstrom's. The better that you serve, the more successful you'll be. Zig Ziglar says you can get anything you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want. I'm nothing but a high-paid servant. I serve people all day long. My sellers, my agents, I answer to everybody. People say, Bob, I work for you. I'm like, no, you don't. Nobody works for me. I work for everybody else. Number five, and this is critically important, they got to have the tiger in their eye. They got to have the passion. All my kids had the good fortune of going to amazing schools, but I told them at a young age, that education will only let, take you so far. doesn't mean anything unless you have passion and energy and you put activity to the plans. If you came on my team, Peter, and you didn't sell anything for, for six months, but you did the open houses, you did, did all the activities, I would stick with you because you're doing the basics. If you're doing that and you got passion, I'll stay with you. But I, I don't care if you're brilliant. If you're lazy and don't want to do it, I don't want to get around you. Yeah. I, I, you know, it, it's very interesting, Bob. I'm, I'm hearing, even though you and I are from different parts of the country, we're from different countries. I'm, I'm hearing a lot of the same ethos. One of, my, one of the phrases I use all the time is be of service, right? In, in every situation, there are people to hear me talk about the three doors. Are we being selfish? Are we being self-serving? Or are we being selfless? And we always strive to go through door number three. Keep the commissions over here. Keep the service over here. And as much daylight in between those two things as humanly possible. And always look towards service. I used to coach my sons in baseball. And one of my sons, actually, one played in college. The other got drafted by the Toronto Blue Jays. And I would have parents come up to me and say, Bob, can you motivate my son like your son? I said, no, I'm sorry. I can't do that. Motivation comes from within. All I can do is create an environment that people will want to be, that people will want to participate it has to come from within. They, they've got to have that personal drive to get up. Nobody tells me to get up at 5.15 in the morning. It comes from within. You've got to want to do it. And I can only motivate somebody by, they got to, it's got to put them in that environment and they've got to want it. If they don't want it bad enough, we love them, but we want, we'll see them to the door. You know, it's interesting. Oh, I'm learning. I'm learning so much already. There's another phrase that I have a, a business breakfast twice a week at 7 a.m., with a bunch of brainstormers, uh, and I've been doing it for 18 years. And we were talking that, that success isn't necessarily for people that need it or for people that want it. It's for people that do it. There's only success in action. We can't think our way into right action, but we can act our way into right thinking. That's a very well, very well put. I know Gary Keller talks a lot about this. I've said this for a long time. Show me your calendar and I'll show you how much money you're going to make. It's all about your appointments. My first seminar I ever attended was a Tom Hopkins one when I was 18 years old. It was an eight-hour seminar, and somebody came up to the end of the seminar and essentially drew, I'll show you, drew something on the, on the, on the board and said, Tom, you just wasted everybody's time. The key to success is this. Everybody, they said, you wasted our time. So everybody was dead quiet. They didn't know what that was. I don't know if you can see that. I don't really know what it is either. Okay. They said, Tom, if you did this five to 10 times a day, you'd be a multimillionaire. And that caught my attention. There are two belly buttons, that this is the key to go belly to belly, face to face with people. I'm an action guy. I'm not very smart in technology, and I've got teams that do that. 
But what I am is I'm an appointment, an appointment guy. I am back to back with meetings. I'm either meeting people like you, meeting my team, meeting recruits, or meeting sellers to close sales. I have to stay in the proactive phase of the business. I'm not going to get into the maintenance phase. I don't touch a piece of paper after nine o'clock in the morning. I do all my emails in the morning. I'm out on the road all day long with belly to belly. And I think that's the key to success is meeting people, whether it's your team, whether it's prospects. Selling is a is hand-to-hand combat. Yes, it is. So you raise another very, very interesting point, Bob. I'm very techy. I love my tech. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm I, I used to be in the music business and I was a, an electronic music producer. And so I'm very, very familiar with technology and how to use it. At the end of the day, for me with real estate and with other industries such as finance, law, medical, I believe there is such gravity in what we're doing. And I'm not saying that in a grandiose way, but buying a car pales in comparison to buying a house. And I feel that now, a hundred years ago, a hundred years in the future, we will still need to look into people's eyes to have accountability to them that the purchase or sale that they're in the middle of, we have their back. We genuinely care about them and their families. And, And I'm getting to my point. My point is this, there's a lot of very, I call them digital carrots, where there's a lot of buy these leads. I mean, Zillow obviously started all this, but now there are a myriad of online outlets that, in my opinion, are selling poor to very poor leads. And all they're doing is evaporating the hours in the day that I have or my agents have. And I recommend to all of them, get rid of buying leads online, unless you can turn it into a very serious prospect. And take that time and that money and go buy people coffee and lunches. What do you think about that? I like that idea. I like that. I I like the fact that you're meeting. One of the things I've challenged my team with is go up to Starbucks. And I've done this before. I've gotten two appointments out of it. I gave the lady at the front desk $200. Could be $100. She said, what's this for? I said, I'm going to sit in the corner. And the next 20 people that come here, tell them the coffee is on me. (laughs) I love that. Gary Keller says, it calls it the uh, normal man syndrome. What would a normal person do if you bought him a cup of coffee? Come over and thank you. So I'm sitting there. People come over and they go, hey, I just want to thank you. They said, you just bought my coffee. I said, yeah, that's great. Uh, what type of work are you in? We start sharing ideas. Hey, you know anybody looking to buy or sell a house? That 200 is better than spending it on leads that you hope somebody's going to call you and be qualified and be loyal enough to spend time with you. I'd rather go face-to-face with people all day long than to, I do do direct mail, but what's the easiest thing in the world to get rid of is a letter. Uh The second hardest thing to get rid of is a phone call. The hardest thing to get rid of, Peter, is what? A body. Mm -hmm. So being face-to-face with people, I think, gives us an advantage. And, you know, people like you and I, we're we're good-looking, we dress nice, great personality. (laughs) Why not meet as many people as you can? Well, you're far better looking than I am, and you're certainly far more better dressed. But uh, uh, And I, I hope to God I look as sprightly as you at 61, because you look like you're about 41. So I don't want to spend too long on the Zillow monster, but what's the advice that you give to your, to your 175 associates regarding how to utilize online leads? 
We have some online uh, presence. Um, we use a, a Boomtown platform. We're very pleased with that program. You, Whatever program you use, I'm sure it's a good one. Just nurture it and, and have a process for it. We've, we're instilling in our, in our company a culture of accountability, being more accountable to these leads and having a process. Before, we would be one and done call and that's it. Now we've got them. We're following up, doing much better follow-up and doing drip campaigns and doing a much better follow-through campaign than, than, than before. Before, we, it was one and done. So I would encourage people that whatever lead you're, you're getting, but especially probably online leads, is to have a process for digging deep and sticking with that person for a very long time and not just expect, hey, I didn't get a, a sale that day, so we're going to put them over here. You got to nurture them and have a pro- have a process. Agreed. We actually had this conversation at the office uh, last week, and and to the gasps of my guys, I said you can only give up after twelve attempts. And the average, I believe, according to Carr, is I think eighty percent of agents try once, ten percent of agents try twice. Right. So I know, and I'm sure you have, you've got calls. When you're doing your emails, Bob, in the morning, I imagine sometimes you're like, this guy's never going to get back to me. He's probably forgotten who I am. Send. Right. (laughs) And you get these deals that fall out of the sky where you're like, wow, well, I thought he'd forgotten me years ago, but apparently not. Yep. No, being, there's something about persistence. It's some of the basics, just being persistent because they don't, a lot of times don't bear immediate fruit. Yeah. So let's talk about, uh, we're in the, in the final stretch of 2019. I know Maryland is uh, different to California, but you also are in, are you in seven other states? Um, we're in Maryland. I've got four mega agent offices okay. for our team here at the hub. And then we're in approximately 25 cities across the country. And by the way, I have failed more than anybody on this podcast. And I can assure you that just, I learned from the failures. We, we were an expansion. We were in 27 cities in six months. And then we closed down half of them because we did it wrong. And then we started listening with, from Gary and other people and getting the right coaching. So now we have a better process in place. We're in, uh, tw- I believe, 23 cities, but we have leadership there and we have, we have the teams there and we have processes in place to be successful. Like in Florida, we're going very deep in locations rather than go really wide and be thin. We're going yeah. deep. So, in Miami and um, Fort Lauderdale, Orlando, Tampa, we're very deep in Florida. We're doing that now in Atlanta and some other locations. So it's working out very well, and our expansion teams are, are awesome. Now, when you say deep, what do you mean by deep? Well, one, we're going deep in each market center where we're trying to go deep there rather than go in 100 different market centers with just a couple people. I see. 10, 15, 20 people in one market center, number one. Number two, in the Miami and the Fort Lauderdale area, we've got, I think we're in five or six locations right there. So we're trying to go deep in areas where we have a presence. I see. I see. Let's talk a little bit about company culture. I have your, your tried and true formula, integrity, knowledge and results. But if there was a sentence that could describe your company culture, what do you think it would be? I guess two things. We're family oriented. Mm-hmm. And number two, we, we provide an incredible value proposition to our clients and to our stakeholders, our, our team members. So 
I believe that anybody who wants to be successful in the real estate business with our value proposition, what we deliver, we can help you better than anybody else. And for sellers, we believe we have the tools to help you sell your house in a quicker, more efficient period of time. Okay. I know I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I just want to drill down on it a little more because I have a lot of agents who are newer in the business asking me for tips. So I, let's pretend I'm coming to you, Bob. I'm walking in your office in Maryland. You like me? You like He's got funny glasses and a strange accent, but there's something about the guy I like. I don't know nothing. I'm green and I'm wide-eyed with tigers in both of them. What would you tell me to do for my first six months? First off, piggyback on what you were saying before. We're big. We think big at our company, but we act small. So I think that is something I always want to strive to, to think big, but to really have that small touch. I don't want to lose that touch with knowing my partner's names and being involved on the front line. New people coming in for the first six months. We have, a pro, we have plans in place to help you be successful with coaching and so forth. But I would say if you want to be successful in this business, the first six months, really, we have our first hundred days. We've got a mentor for you. I want you to attend script practice and lead gen every day. Work the activities, the open houses, go to coaching. Specifically to get business, I would say do one to two open houses a week. Mm-hmm. Number two, with the right value proposition, you could master expires and FISBOs. Number three, build your database. Build it from, the, from day one. I am attacking my database now and putting it together in a better format. And I've got huge plans for this database. I want to know all my, everybody on that database, not only their names, but their kids' names and their activities. I want to get really intimate. And I've got a full-time person. That's all this person's going to do is nurture my database on a regular basis. And that's going to be a, a person within your office. Oh, absolutely. Okay. She's already here. We're just formulating. We've got our database in a couple of different formats. We're really, we're really getting granular on this attacking the database. So I would say, number one, do script practice and lead gen daily. Number two, go to as many training classes as you, as you can. Three, read. Mm-hmm. Number four, do open houses. Find practice, not on clients, but practice on your, your peer group. Practice writing contracts. Practice writing listings. Go knock on doors. Circle prospect. I've got people that can come in here and on some of my successful listings, they can walk around and knock on the door and say, Bob and I just sold this house. You and anybody looking to sell a house. How easy is that to walk around successful neighborhoods and say, Bob and I just sold that. We need, we have buyers. We're looking for more houses to sell. So we'll develop a plan for them, but it'll be, it's a lot of activity. And we're really proud to say a lot of our new recruits. I'm really excited about our new recruits, by the way, fresh in the business, Nothing wrong with veterans that we hire. We like veterans, but they come with baggage. New mm-hmm. people have excitement and, they're, and they'll listen to you more. Yeah, agreed, agreed, agreed. You know, the one thing, well, there are many things that I'm taking away from this, Bob, but someone that has, has achieved as much as you have achieved, did you say 41 years in the business? Uh, 43. 43 years in the business, but you're still trying to perfect it. I'm, I, I tend to subscribe to the same thing. When I have a system that works, I'm like, that's awesome. Now let's keep looking for ways to improve it. And it gives me comfort that your database needs work as, as well. <laughs> look, I'll, look, I'm not proud, too proud to say I've failed a lot. But one thing about me, I am constantly looking for ways to be better and, and, and improving. Tony Robbins has a quote, C-A-N-I, constant and never-ending improvement. And we're always on a journey to be better. I, 
I don't believe you've ever arrived. You're always getting there. And I have the pleasure, uh, I recently spoke to Gary Keller 101 and um, share with him some things. He's always recommending books for me to read. Always recommending, and readers are leaders. So I'm going to encourage everybody on this, everybody on this call to read more. Again, I was self-taught early in the business because I didn't have any sales trainers. Gary will never end a conversation without recommending a book. And I'm reading a book. He actually bought it for me and shipped it to me in three days called Pizza Tiger. It's the uh, story of Tom Monahan who started Domino's and the frustrations and challenges that he had to overcome. And I, I love reading it. I'm thoroughly enjoying this book. I'm a big YouTuber. I, I, I read as much as I can. I'm a bit slow at reading, but so I'm a big, I, I watch YouTube and I've learned so much about real estate and techniques and sales through YouTube. But I think it's all the same thing. It's constant and never ending education. Absolutely. So I would just encourage people always have an open mind. I've got accountability partners, people that I get together with that I admire. And I said, coach me, critique me. Just don't tell me all my good things. Tell me all the areas I need to be better. And, um, if, if, it, if people around me, they just give me compliments all the time. I'm, I'm like, I don't want to hear that. Tell me, be critical. If you were president of this company, how would you run it? What would you do different? Give me the three things you would do different today. I want to learn and be better. It's quite apparent to me, Bob, that you uh, have zero ego and zero fear. Now, it isn't fear in the kind of, you know, Schwarzenegger bravado way. I see a lot of agents who, and it doesn't make them better or worse people, but sometimes they uh, ego gets in the way of, I don't particularly want to take that listing, it's in the wrong part of town, or fear-based decisions, which I think always lead us down the, the wrong path. But when one gets comfortable with failure, which I will tell you, listeners, it takes a while, but you get you ultimately get comfortable with it if you do it enough, like anything, like baseball. You get better at baseball if, if you keep doing it. You get better at failure if you keep failing. Whenever we have a situation here where something doesn't go right, or actually even when something goes well, I like to do an autopsy and keep a file of it. Like if we do an event like a builder show or a senior seminar, I want to do autopsies of situations. Or if we have a team member we let go or they decided to leave, how could we have been better? Let's really analyze this and, and learn from it. Because if you don't learn from it, then it really was a loss or a mistake. Mm-hmm. So you are correct. I, I like. I don't think that I have an ego. Look, we're there's a lot more people, a lot more wealthier than I am, and I got some friends of mine that are in the asset business, which sometimes I think they're a lot smarter than me because the buildings won't give them trouble. They just collect rents and they have a good time. I'm in the labor <laughs> business, so I'm serving all day long. There's no ego here. We're just working hard every day to be better. Okay, I got one question for you and then a quick round of rapid fire. So you work with your wife, I work with my wife. In my opinion, there is nothing more powerful than a married couple in real estate. I think it just, you know, and that's not excluding same-sex marriage, but I just think there's nothing more powerful than, than two people who've devoted their lives to each other going out to help people with, with their lives. I know from firsthand experience, working with a spouse can come with challenges Yet we've been married 14 years and work together every single day. How, what are your tips for those people who are entering the business as a couple? Well, thanks for asking. First off, I get way too much credit. My wife, Tracy, does an awesome job. And um, she started with me in 2008. Prior to that, uh, she had a career of her own, but she was also a full-time mom and she did an awesome job. 
we started our company together in 2008. So we've been together doing this for 11 years. I would say that clearly define your roles, who's doing what. Number two, try not to bring it home. We, we still do, but try not to bring it home or bring it out to dinner. We do. We're, we violate all of our rules, but we try not to. I mean, just last night she was saying, I want to talk to you about more than just real estate. And she's right. So clearly define your roles, number one. Two, try not to have it consume your entire life. Try to have some separate time where you can talk about other things. Uh, three, there's nothing more rewarding than, than when you're achieving and having fun together. But also when you have challenges, it can also be very discouraging because they come, they come home and, and, and you sure. both are sharing in that same situation. So that's why you, you, you've got to stay positive. You've got to stay proactive and um, we, you, you can't, we can't get negative. We, you can't go down that alley. You, you, you've got to learn from it and move on. So I would say to people, clearly define your roles and try to separate it. We always have a date on Saturday night. We have special time. Um, But this business can get all consuming. And um, I I would not let, don't let the business, I'm a better preacher than I'm a doer, by the way. Don't let the (laughs) business destroy a great marriage. It can be challenging at times. For sure. I think the best things I I, I took from there are, the best partnerships, not just married partnerships, but the best professional partnerships is where you both do, don't do the same thing. Because when agents do the same thing, I see them squabble. When one's a hunter and one's a skinner, great. Well, you, you, I have some other businesses and I'm, the reason they're successful is because somebody who's been my partner, we went to, we went to um, high school together. He's an analytical guy. I'm a ready, fire, then aim guy. <laughs> I'm very impulsive. Make a decision with your gut. Let's go with it. But surround yourself with people. My wife is very analytical. She's very ready, aim, aim, then fire. She's very calculated and very detail-oriented. And that creates a great partnership. If she was the same as me, we would have to find another person to balance us because you don't want two of the same person. Right. So luckily, our differences have, have balanced both of us. Wonderful. Okay. Well, Bob, we are at the rapid fire round. We're almost there, my friend. Awesome job today. Um, okay. So these are just questions where one, one, one or two word answers. So your number one book ever. And I read which two books you like, but your number one book. Mm, I would say the number one book is the Bible. And the second one would be Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Wonderful. Life motto and why? Um, you're either alive and growing or dead and dying. (laughs) I love that one. That's great. I believe in the domino theory of life. You're either, you've got it going or you've got it going in a negative way. Keep that domino going in a positive way. Yeah. We're either moving towards the light or moving away, but we're never standing still. That's for sure. Favorite dessert. Anything chocolate, (laughs) chocolate, peanut butter. uh, I love chocolate and peanut butter. Me too. Me too. Those are my two favorites. Um, And then lastly, this is something that my wife and I do, Cindy and I do every year. We plan sometimes years in advance, two vacations a year with the family, because those are our big anchor points for, for, for each year. Where is a place that you haven't been that you would love to go with your family? Well, we do plan trips every year and we go to, we go to Florida in December Trace and I have been to Italy and we're going, we're going back, but we wanted to take our family back as a family to Italy together. So, that, so one, I'd like to go back there with the family. 
where I've never been that I would like to go. Fiji Island sounds very nice. Yeah. Uh, so many, there's so many beautiful places. Um, the world is your oyster, Bob. The world is your oyster. Denmark. Denmark. Okay. <laughs> Stockholm. That is, is Stockholm, Sweden. It might be. I don't know. Oslo is Denmark, I think. Maybe not. I don't really know my Scandinavia. Too Ireland. 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 It looks beautiful over there. There you go. I've never been to Ireland too, but I, you know, there are a lot of similarities. Again, uh, Reese's peanut butter cups are my favorite thing in life. And I actually went to Italy with my family this year and we liked it so much. We're going back next year. Oh yes. The Italians know how to, to live life. They eat the best food, the best wine. And I was amazed that when I went to go buy a pair of jeans at two o'clock in the afternoon, they said, you have to come back at three because we're going to take off and go sleep for an hour. They're going to take, <laughs> they're going to take a nap. So they're doing something right. They most certainly are. As are you, Bob. I want to thank you very, very much for being on the Real Estate Entrepreneur Podcast. How can people find you? Website, uh, handles, everything like that, if you want to let us know. You can reach us at uh, my email is bob at bobluciteauteam.com. Or you reach us at our website at uh, Lucido Agency or bobluciteauteam.com. And I'll make sure to copy all of Bob's details below and then you can reach out and I'm sure he'd be delighted to hear from you. And if you are in the Maryland area or other areas and thinking about real estate, it sounds like Bob and his team would be an extremely good home for you. Peter, thank you for this opportunity. And I would be remiss if I didn't say this, we're always looking for great partners to expand our operation across the globe. My goal is to help help as many people achieve financial independence. So I'm looking for partners in my ultimate job is I'm just going to be traveling the world with my wife, coaching my teams in other countries and helping them achieve significance and then donating a lot of that money back to KW Cares. And then everybody wins and we're having a good time. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you very much, Peter. Pleasure, pleasure. All right, cool, Bob. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you, Peter. Great job. Really appreciate it. Don't lose your accent. It's good. (laughs) I would have lost it by now. I've been here 26 years. You're you're doing a great job, Peter. Thank you, mate. You too. Well, that's about it for another week on the podcast. I hope you picked up a bunch of tips and tricks from Bob. We could have rattled on for hours and hours and hours, but unfortunately, we both had to get back to work, which is our real job, not doing podcasts, which we do both love. Um, And I also love getting your comments. I love getting your topics. And most of all, I love it when you share the content with someone else that might get value from it. So this is Pete Lorimer signing out from this week's episode of uh, The Real Estate Entrepreneur Podcast, and I will look forward to seeing you all again next week. Thanks so much, and have a fan bloody week. Bye.